0: Hello, church. Uh, obviously, we're in a very unique time in our world, in our country, and even as a church. Uh, so what we're going to do for the next several weeks is we're going to capture uh, us in a room together, the guys that are leading worship and, and us who are going to be talking to you through the Lord's Prayer for the next several weeks. Try to be in ourselves while you, as, as you gather as a family or a small group of friends, to try to encourage your faith and to, and to bless your heart as we wait on the Lord in this moment. So hope this blesses you.
1: You are my shelter from the hurricane. You are my rock, you are my shade. Never changing, always the same. God, refresh me. When my burdens are breaking me down. His cries shake the ground I hear your voice Pierce the sound Say I am with you So I lift my hands to you I lift my heart to you Refresh me Oh God, refresh me And I raise my weakness inside in, in your glory if I refresh me oh god refresh me oh you are my shelter from the hurricane you are my rock, you are my shame, never changing, always the same, God refresh me, when my burdens are breaking me down, when the enemy's cries shake them, I lift my hands to you, I lift my heart to you, refresh me, oh God, refresh me, I raise my weakness, I lead you glorify, refresh me, oh God, refresh me. Yeah. So I Lift my heart to refresh me. Oh God, refresh me. And I raise my weakness, I'll glorify in your glory. Fire, refresh me. Oh God, refresh me. So I live. Refresh me, oh, I raise my weakness, I in it I'll glorify, refresh me, oh God, refresh me.
2: together, all of us, um, wherever you're sitting right now and with us sitting in this room. And we're going to Jesus to learn how to pray. And Jesus is resurrected. So as he taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11, he's actively teaching us to pray now through those same passages. So before we get into this uh, discussion together, let's pray. Father, we just um, ask you for your Holy Spirit. You tell us to pray in the Spirit at all times. Mm And so we ask you for your spirit whom you promised to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pray that you would bring things to our mind and comfort to our hearts mm-hmm. and God's stillness and peace that you promised to us that when we pray the peace of God will rule in our hearts. And God, we need peace right now. We pray for the many who are sick in our world and ask that you would prevent more people from being sick, that you'd heal the people that are currently sick. But God, we pray most of all for your presence. For in your presence, there's peace. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, regardless of circumstances, there's pleasures forevermore. So God, meet us now as we look to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. So we're gonna be looking at the Lord's Prayer together the next series of weeks. And I really personally um, feel like there's nothing I'd rather go through with all of you than prayer, uh, really to be ushered into God's presence and to see how eager God is to actively meet with us and to give us direction and to give us security and to really make us know that we're made by and for him, that this is really an opportunity for us to go deeper. I had a friend of mine uh, say a phrase to me yesterday and he said, if not now, then when? There's all these things that are being stripped away from us and many of us want to grow in our relationship with God and want to grow in prayer. And we could say that as well, if not now, then when? So we're going to go to this passage where Jesus teaches us to pray. His disciples in Luke 11 ask him to teach them to pray and he teaches them. We have the same prayer taught to us in the book of Matthew in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. But we're going to Jesus to learn how to pray. And I just want to remind you, um, and for some of us, it's maybe for the first time that we've heard this, who Jesus is, and that Jesus came and can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. He shares uh, flesh and blood with us. And the author of Hebrews says this. He says, "...since therefore the children," that's us, "...share in flesh and blood, he himself, Jesus, likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil." So this same author says that he can sympathize with us in our weaknesses. And I think you can say with me, we feel really weak right now and really scared at certain points. And many of us really are fearing death, whether that's physical death or death of the financial situation we have, or the fear of the death of another person or the death of maybe the world as we once knew it. But the next passage after him saying he became a human of flesh and blood through death that he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And he says, and deliver all of those who through the fear of death. So just right now, this is Jesus, that he would deliver those who through the fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And this is what Jesus did is he really did cancel and provide an opportunity that in his presence, there is a cancellation of the fear of death. So that's the Jesus we're coming to to learn how to pray. In the context of this passage in Matthew chapter six, I encourage you uh, to turn there in a Bible. This would be a great moment for you to open a physical Bible um, with those who you're around. He's teaching about prayer in Matthew six, chapter five. And he starts off really saying, here's what prayer isn't. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't do it to be seen. But then very specifically, he says that prayer is a reward we go to god in prayer to get a reward but ultimately it's a reward from god it's not a reward to be seen by anybody in the room you're in or for you to post a picture to instagram to say you're praying but ultimately we're to go in to the quiet shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and then it says and your father who sees in secret will reward you So we go to God for rewards. And ultimately what you see through the whole Bible is the reward is God himself. It's his presence. And then in verse seven, he says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. And here's a a verse I really want to highlight. and You may want to underline in your Bible or highlight in your app. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. God knows, so right now, all the stuff we wanna bring to him and all of our anxieties and all of our pressures, he knows them before we even ask these things. So we don't pray to inform God. We pray to be conformed by God. We go to God to be shaped more and more into the likeness of Jesus himself, specifically. And so now when he prays, he says, pray like this. And the first phrase is our father. So I'm gonna now go to Tim and Paul and just ask them, he, he makes these statements of your father who sees in secret will reward you. And do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he says, pray like this, start your address with our father. So I think it'd be maybe great to just start with, what does that mean to you personally? As you hear the phrase, our father, what are the thoughts that come to, you mind, to your mind?
0: Well, I mean, one of the things that pops in my mind is just the, the, the uh, revolutionary nature of this phrase to the people who heard it for the first time. You have to understand something. We've heard it our whole lives. It's kind of the, the culture of our world. In fact, it's very funny when Jesus is talking about don't be repetitious in your prayers, that what people have done with the Lord's prayers to turn it into repetition of senseless words, it's, it's meant to be a pattern of prayer and describe kind of the, the motive behind prayer and the confidence in prayer, but we've kind of going it's the rabbit's foot kind of language, you know? And and so I think when the disciples heard this, it was so transformative because they, they didn't have any concept of the Abba, Father of God. The Old Testament was the, the big leader in understanding that. 16 times in the Old Testament, the father was used and only as it pertains to a nation, to a group of people. This is the only time where they first get introduced to the idea that it's a personal thing, that he becomes your personal father. And of course, that's the only language, that's the only time and the only way Jesus used the term father was in that intimate kind of way. So I think they're looking at this like, I've never been able to get close. I mean, the Hebrews took two words to invent one word to describe Jehovah in order to create a distance between God and them. Jesus, who is God incarnate, gives them the word Abba, Father, say, no, it's way closer than you are. So I just think you start with going, we should be flabbergasted in this one phrase, our Father. And now there's so much more in just this one phrase, but it should just like blow your mind. Like He's saying he's close, and he's saying he understands, and he cares. I got a thousand thoughts, like the way I think instinctively. You want to think like a dad, just think like yourself. And he is the ultimate dad, so things that are natural to you as a father, would be way supernatural to him and how he feels. So it's not absurd to think that he is really craning his ears to hear his kids and that you're never interrupting him. You know, I think of a, an image. So we're in meetings all the time. We're always sitting around in meetings talking about what's next. We've had a lot of meetings these last couple of weeks. <clears throat> and we all have our phones always with us. And all the time we don't respond. But if ever, if ever my phone shows one of my kids, I, I leave the meeting. I leave the meeting. So that access that any, my kids can interrupt me anytime. That kind of intimacy is the picture of God the Father. So that's the first thing that pops into my head.
3: One of the things that I love about the Lord's Prayer is how Jesus brilliantly med, like weds together these very common things like a father. They all could understand father. Yeah. But then he says, in heaven, which they have no real concept for. And even many of us, we sit around, we think about like, what is heaven really going to be like? I'm, in, I'm intrigued by it. I've got thoughts, I've got ideas, but I've never seen it. I've never been there. I don't really know what it is. And really that happens all throughout the Lord's prayer. He takes things like heaven that we don't really fully comprehend. And then he takes things like having something to eat every day or paying our debts, paying the rent, paying the mortgage, which we're all really kind of thinking about a lot in, the, in these days, in this season that we're in. And so so I love the brilliance of what Jesus does in the Lord's Prayer and taking these very common things that we're associated with and tying them to heavenly things, supernatural things like you were talking about, Tim. And When he says, our Father in heaven, just like you were saying, Tim, I really connect to the personal identity of what it is to be a father and then to have a father. And My mind immediately goes to that relationship and how, what that is like. But then um, he's far greater than any father far greater than any father that we would ever have any. And he has perfect power, perfect provision, wisdom that is far beyond uh, anything that, that, that our human minds can comprehend. Don't you think it's interesting when you include that whole phrase how
0: it confronts almost every culture? So if, if Israel heard our father mm-hmm. and thought, I could never get close to him, he's too far away, what our culture has done is brought him into the father kind of human type image so much that he's, that he's yeah. almost not transcendent. Like, so yeah. the, the reality of him being our father, that you can come to him and him being in heaven means that when you come to him, he actually can do something about what right. you come to him about. Unlike me, my kids could ask me, hey, I need a million dollars and I'd be out of, out of answers. You can go to God and know that he's transcendent. He is close but he is God, which makes all the prayer powerful. It makes it have a point. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, this one phrase is dragging every culture to a, a, a better picture, the right picture of God being both close and loving and forgiving and sincere and all those wonderful like human-like attributes, but also, oh, wait a minute, he's on the throne right. and he has all authority and he can command everything to bring about the conclusion for our good. And that's, that's the part where you go, I, I can't see it, I don't know how it's going to end, but I know he's good. He's, he loves me. He's interested. He listens, and he'll
2: shape it to work it out. I think the other thing I think about a lot in this is the, <clears throat> the power of him being father is the freedom for us to be children. Like the language father connotates that we're kids and the power of in heaven is, is he's powerful, he's in control, but also he's all-knowing and he's already said that is this. I think there's a sense if you said you're praying to God, would be like, well, I got to get all my stuff in order. I got to make sure it's right. And he's like, listen, he already knows all of that. And and his saying that really is this invitation to, I want to be with you. Like, I want your company. I want you to come to me and cast your cares upon me because I care for you like a father would. And um, so just the freedom for me, especially in times like these that we're in, there just are <clears throat> more than just flutters of fear. You know, I mean, you're, you're getting news at every level. I'm thinking about my own kids. I'm thinking about my parents. And I think God's just saying to me, be a kid and share your concerns with me, share your requests with me, um, come to me and this is I'm your father. So start your prayer with I'm our father, and you're in heaven, like you aren't like all other fathers.
3: Yeah, one of the things as a dad that the, the moments that bring me the most joy are when I'm able to come around my kids and uh, offer them like moments of protection. I, I think a lot of times when my oldest daughter was little and she was learning to were at the pool and there was a bee by the pool, and uh, the, the, it was on the pool deck, and she was like, "Daddy, daddy, a bee, a bee," and I said, "Evie, uh, you know that bee's so small, it's smaller than you." Um, you know, and plus I'm here, you know, I, I can take care of that bee. And so I squished it on the pool deck. Right. And it was such a cool moment for me because I got to, as a father, comfort her and show her uh, a, a way and a level of protection that I have kind of over her. And, you know, the Bible talks about you as an earthly father or you as a, a sinful father want to provide these things for you. How much more how much more does your father care for you? Um, and it, and what we see in our father in heaven is that he is good, like you were saying, and personal. Um, and, and he has good intentions and he has all the power to come through on those good intentions as well, too. And Psalm 62, uh, I'm reminded of this verse when I look at that. It says, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love, that he's good and his intentions towards me are good, and he has all the power to back up those good intentions.
0: Right. Do you think there's something to be said about... um, the humanity of prayer in this sense. If God already knows what you need, then in a sense, like I'm just talking humanly speaking, if, if I know my kids' needs, and I'm going, just don't don't whine about it. God is not suggesting distance by saying I know. He's suggesting come and I already know. So there's something about just the, uh, the humanity in that. Like you can come to Him even when you're twisted in your thinking, Even when your emotions are wrapped up in circumstances, you come, you come. I know what you need, and I'm going to care for you. It's not like ask the right things, unlock the combination, and you'll get my good. He's got good as a father, and what you've got to do is kind of wrestle your feelings and your thoughts to the mat by just saying out loud to God what he already knows. That's kind of the experience of prayer. And that's that's why prayer is described almost in every writing as a discipline. And discipline typically isn't a great way to describe how a kid should talk to his dad, but in the spiritual sense that we'll walk around doubting. So we carry this unbelief in us to say, well, it won't matter, prayer won't change things. Or we'll say that, you know, I need to pray so like perfectly in order to unlock the care and concern of God. And neither one of those are true. It's like God already knows and he's already gonna do good, but you, you'll you'll be more a faithful servant if you say it. And it's like, that that's why you discipline yourself in prayer because you need it. It's kind of like spiritual management. It's like, and, and if you wanna talk about something that's like current event, with everything being sort of yeah. turned upside down, um, I'm certain it's not gonna be bad in ultimate. It might be bad if you measure it on human terms, but God doesn't waste stuff and he only does good. So the rest of it's gonna be a good conclusion whether we wanted it or not. So the only way to navigate the change is to navigate how I personally feel about the change, which is why we pray and this is why we have to pray.
2: And I think the, the changing of feelings, I love what you said about the humanity of prayer and even the language of servant. So the, the movements of the different times, what God calls us. So it's like servants, then he says friends, then it's like children that that in in they're all there at all times. I wanna be a servant, I'm his friend, but I'm also his child in the sense of going, I really do come to him with these things. The guys have written a song that you're gonna hear in just a minute um, just by pondering our situation of where we are. So all of these concerns we have right now that God's saying, cast your cares upon me in the same chapter of Matthew 6, he brings those up. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. This is Jesus saying this. Don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? And then he does this whole look at the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. And specifically, his statement is, I care for you. And it's in the context of him just teaching on prayer that through prayer, bring these needs to me specifically. And so that's what we're hoping to do in these moments is to really, as a church together, learn from Jesus how to pray in the midst of our current situation. So I know Paul has some questions uh, that may just be helpful
3: for you with who you're around or you personally to think through. Yeah, what we want to do in these moments um, is really to kind of set up some discussion that you can have with your family, your friends, and your home as you're watching this. And so we'll try uh, at the end of each one of these sessions just to have uh, some of those questions for you that help you out. And what Jesus is doing here is he's, he's trying to help you to pray correctly by thinking about God correctly. A.W. Tozer has this quote where he says, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. But when we say that God is Father, that carries with it for a lot of people some baggage. That's not always a great thought. So one question would be, what's challenging to you when you think about God as Father? For some of us, um, it's actually very encouraging. So what is comforting? What's encouraging when you think about God as Father? And then lastly, whatever that vision um, or idea of Father is, whether good or not so good, it's still not perfect. Um, But if you could envision a a perfect father, perfect in every way, supplying and meeting every particular need, whether it's an emotional need, a tangible need, spiritual need. Um, What would he be like? Describe, talk about what that perfect father would be like. Uh, The second question um, tied to this idea of God as father. In John chapter 13, and I was reading through John because that was the Section we were gonna be going in the future as a, as a church. In John chapter 13, verse three, um, it, it's a moment where, where Jesus is, um, he's having his Passover feast with his, with his disciples. And this verse really just jumped out at me. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And I was really struck with the security that Jesus had in his relationship with the Father. Um, and out of that, this is what he does. He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water in a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet. The security that Jesus had in his relationship with his father led to loving others. And so how could the security that you have in the identity as God as father in this season where you're Most likely going to be kind of confined in your home with people who Quite frankly, will get annoying sometimes, and it's hard to love people when they're annoying you. But how could your security and your identity as a son or a daughter of God move you in loving others uh, during this season? Your belovedness actually moves you to love. And then, lastly, Tyler mentioned uh, that passage in Matthew six at the end of uh, of this chapter here, and how um, it's it's a perfect Father who knows exactly what you need and supplies everything that you need and how does that picture and how does that activity of your father shape your thoughts and prayers during this season of life? And maybe it's a moment for you in in your home to just have an honest conversation about um, how how that is shaping uh, your thoughts and your prayers in this season of life. Like Tyler said, um, our our worship leaders have written a song um, exactly out of that passage for this season in the life of our church and the life of our world. And I'm going to ask uh, Jed and Connor if they would just kind of talk to us a little bit about that song before we sing it.
4: Yeah, I think, I think I'm think i going to let Connor take the start on it because, I, you know, it, it was a, a moment where he came to me just the other day where he was kind of mulling over Luke 12, Matthew 6, um, kind of the provision of God and in, in the midst of our kind of Wondering if he's in control or wondering if he will provide so you maybe you should start off
2: yeah well um, yeah well I was just thinking ab- about just like the high anxiety of our time right now and I was just thinking about Luke 12 because I like I mean what a delicious passage for <laughs> this time I mean seriously I mean it, I, I think about it um, and I think one of the coolest parts of my job is I get to think about or just, I guess, help think about like how we respond to the word of God, uh, as a, as a congregation, as Mm -hmm. a family. And, uh, and, and I, I really think that shapes our life. Just, just how, in the same way, how we live, I think it shapes our, our, like what we say, but I also think what we say shapes how we live. And so I was thinking, what if there was a way to just say Luke 12 together as a family and as a congregation, how would that, uh, just shape how we live in the midst of this time of high anxiety and worry, um. I just think it would be really, really good. Mm-hmm. So that was where it came from. And when
4: and when he, you brought it to me, I <clears throat> when when Connor was kind of saying what he just said to me, uh, you know, the more that we mold over this pass this passage, it, what was really standing out to me was the um, the trustworthiness of God to provide is like the proof in the pudding is is Christ and His sacrifice. And his meeting of our ultimate need. So it was like hmm. this moment where it's just like, Listen, I know you need it. I know you need these things. The whole world is striving after these things and the father knows that you need it. But like let the proof be here that he it's his joy to give you the whole kingdom. Wow, you know, he true. gave he sacrificed everything to invest everything into your eternal inheritance. So so it was almost just like, man, these petty things that are very important to me in this moment are Guaranteed like like not I don't know I don't know exactly you know how it's going to come I don't know exactly if it's going to feel secure if it's going to be all day every day or you know excess or or little but I know that that uh, the greatest deficit that I held has been completely uh, assured that it's uh, you know that it's been the gap has been bridged for me so i can trust that he's going to take care mm. of the 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 other things that are completely in his control really so you get this passage where he's he's using these analogies between like um you know look at the flowers of the field look at the birds of the air like look how they don't worry and look at how god upholds them in everything they do he feeds he he <laughs> provides you know uh, clothing for the 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 flowers of the field like in it and he compares them to the kings like in all of their splendor you couldn't compare and look at how they don't toil and look at how they don't stress and he's just like and if these are like my created you know soulless things how much more am i going to care for my children the 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 father concept that you guys are talking about so that was really kind of the heart behind the song and it all kind of meshed together it was just like man you know he's talking about our our immediate needs but, but then we, we'd like the gospel just started pouring out of it. It was just like our eternal need is completely met and so we could trust them. You know? So that's good. good that's kind of hard for me to do.
1: The way in which they grow, never striving, but the Father makes them whole. joy to give the kingdom to us. Where is your treasure? So there your heart will also be. Seek first the kingdom and then fathers care and they don't score. nor do they have a place to hide yet they lack nothing and God provides who by word can add an hour to the span of life and if the father considers the life of his creation how much more Will we consider mine? So do not fear, children. It is His joy to give the kingdom to us. Where is your treasure? So there your heart would also be. See first the kingdom. And there you'll find. What a splendor to behold, then through death dressed me in his righteous robes, he feeds creation, sustaining life from shore to shore, humiliation for him and I would thirst no more. Where is my treasure? Where is my treasure? I lack nothing, yet I lack faith And I bring nothing So I abound in grace So do not fear, children It is His joy to give the kingdom to us Where is your treasure? So there your heart will also be see first the kingdom And there you'll find the King the Children, it is His joy to give the King
0: So church, as we wrap up this uh, time together for our Sunday, um, there's one word we didn't talk about that I want to leave you with. Um, And it is the word, our father. It's a reminder that this is not about us and it's not only us, that all around the world, there are saints praying the same prayers and asking the same father. We are part of a family of God. Brothers and sisters all dependent on, on the God we sang about, the God we talked about, the one who's intimately aware of our needs and he's always good. So I pray um, that you'll be blessed and encouraged and strong
3: and I want you to know that we love you. So have a great Sunday. Take care.